Chapter Eighteen of the Three Midshipmen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. The Three Midshipmen by William Henry Giles Kingston chapter eighteen an adventurous voyage who would not rather command a gunboat or even a dispatch vessel or fire-ship than be the junior lieutenant mate or midshipman on board a line of battleship or the smartest frigate afloat such were murray's feelings as he and adair paced the deck of the somewhat unseaworthy little schooner of which he had been placed in charge by captain grant while he stood away towards sierra leone the ranger continued her course to the southward i can't say much for your accommodations observed terence after they had stood watching the fast-receding frigate and murray had shown him over his craft i won't boast of it and if i had to fit out a yacht i should choose something better answered murray laughing the whole cabin was only eight feet long and though it was five high in the centre under a raised skylight it was scarcely more than three at the sides which being right aft it decreased rapidly as the stern narrowed there was a forepeak in which the two poor negroes lay but there was no room in it for more people so that the rest of the crew were obliged to live in the after cabin adair certainly did not know the discomforts to which he was subjecting himself when he undertook to accompany murray not a particle of furniture was there in the cabin the beams and sides were begrimed with dirt and cockroaches and a considerable variety of other entomological specimens crawled in and out of every crevice in the planks and found their way among all the provisions as well as into every mess of food cooked on board the schooner was laden with tobacco and monkey skins which latter she had taken on board at one of the ports in exchange for some of her tobacco the remainder which she was about to barter for slaves negro head for negroes as paddy remarked when murray gave him the account several days of the voyage had passed with light winds and smooth sea and not unpleasantly though but little progress had been made when as adair who had first watch at night was walking the deck thinking that all was right he heard a roaring noise on the port quarter he looked astern a long white line of curling foam came rolling up at a rapid rate towards them lower the peak slack away the main halyards in with the mainsail brail up the foresail murray murray on deck here all hands on deck in with the jib and down with the forestay sail the sudden quick jerking of the little vessel would soon have awakened all the watch below had his voice not done so the sails were not lowered a moment too soon 
on flew the schooner under bare poles the sea roaring up on either side and often breaking over her every man had to hold on for his life away away she flew every instant plunging more and more while the foaming seas seemed still more eager to make her their prey murray attended by wasser disappeared below he soon returned patty he said touching adair on the shoulder i've bad news we've sprung a leak and i fear that the vessel is sinking both murray and adair had gone through so many dangers that neither of them were inclined to despair even when they found themselves on board a, a little rotten vessel plunging along through terrific seas with a leak in her bottom which was letting in the water at a rate which must speedily send her far down to the depths of the old ocean away flew the little craft under bare poles the dark seas with thick crests of white rolling up on either side of them with loud roars and threatening to come right down upon the deck and swamp them tumbling about as the vessel was it was no easy matter even to get the pump rigged in the dark that task however was at length accomplished and all hands set to with a will in the hopes of clearing the vessel of water at first it seemed to be rushing in as fast as it gushed out i believe after all it was only the water which got down the hatches when the sea first broke aboard of us said murray and with this idea both he and terence were much comforted drearily and wearily drew on the dark hours of that tempestuous night daylight came at last and only exhibited the scene of wild commotion around the leaden sky the dark gray waves broken into strange shapes leaping and rolling over each other and covered with masses of white foam off that strange african coast storms and calms succeed each other with but scant warning by seven o'clock the wind suddenly dropped and in another hour the sea went down and the lately wave-tossed bark lay perfectly becalmed terence said murray look over the side of the vessel doesn't she strike you as being much lower in the water than she was terence feared so the well was sounded and three feet of water was found in the hold man the pump cried murray this was done but before many minutes had passed the pump broke the damage was considerable but needham was a handy fellow and could manage nearly any work the two young officers lent him a hand all sorts of devices were thought of all sorts of things were substituted for those which were wanting but with the quantity of water in the hold and in the way the craft was tumbled about by the swell the operation took much longer time than might be supposed it is very exciting to read of a ship sinking with the pumps out of order and half a dozen leaks in her bottom but the reality though it may also be exciting is very far from pleasant people under such circumstances are inclined to labour away rather in a hurry and not to stand on much ceremony as to what they do 
night was coming on rapidly they labored and labored away it was difficult enough to do it with daylight it was a question whether they could make any progress at all in the dark there sir exclaimed needham giving a hearty blow with his hammer and relieving his pent-up feelings by a loud outletting of his breath between a groan and a sigh i hope that will do without stopping a moment he and wasser with white the other seamen seized the brake and began labouring away with all their might to the great joy of all hands a clear full stream came gushing upon deck and ran out through the scuppers the blacks and all not immediately engaged in mending the pump had been bailing away all the time with buckets they pumped and pumped away and after half an hour's toil they found on sounding that they had much lessened the water in the hold Huzza! shouted needham we'll do now never fear lads nearly three hours however passed before the vessel was completely cleared of water it was adair's watch i shall sleep more soundly than i have done for many a day said murray as he prepared to turn into his horrible little berth we have been so mercifully preserved that i trust the same almighty hand will protect us to the end of our voyage paddy my dear fellow do you ever pray i never see you on your knees pray answered adair with some hesitation of course i do that is to say sometimes when i recollect it i dare say i ought more than i do murray took his shipmates arms as they stood together near the taffrail of their little craft looking out over that heaving ocean whose smooth glass-like undulations reflected ever and anon the bright stars which glittered in the dark sky above their heads tell me who but one whose hand is powerful to save could have preserved us from the numberless dangers into which our duty but how often our thoughtlessness has led us were it not by his mercy we should even now be sinking beneath those glassy but treacherous swells on which our vessel floats securely then should we not my dear adair pray to him not only now and then when we may think of it but at morning and evening when we rise and when we sleep and oftentimes during the course of the day remember what the bible says it tells us to pray always you are right murray you are always right answered adair with a sigh i know too that you practise what you preach or i would not listen to you i'll try to follow your advice i'll pray when i turn in by and by i'll thank god that we have not gone to the bottom and i'll pray that we may be saved as we have been all along in the dangers we may have to encounter why not pray at once exclaimed murray all on board here have been equally preserved the same god made us all the same god will hear our prayers yes yes all right i'll do what you like said adair the young midshipman called the crew around them after needham took the helm they and wasser and the other seamen knelt on the deck 
and though in no set phrases offered up their hearty thanks for their preservation from the dangers which had threatened them and earnestly did they pray that they might be carried in safety through those they might yet have to encounter murray was one of those people who could think well and when he wrote had no difficulty in expressing himself yet when he came to speak aloud and more particularly to pray aloud found that the exact words he might have wished to use were not forthcoming the two poor blacks who perhaps had never in their lives seen white men praying before stood by astonished at what was taking place they asked wasser what it was all about he was rather more enlightened than they were he told them to the best of his knowledge they listened attentively they said that they should like to know more about the matter and he promised them that he would ask mr murray to speak to them on the subject thus was a way opened into the hearts of these two benighted sons of africa to receive the good seed of the truth by this unpremeditated act of the young midshipman how many other midshipmen might do the same with the most blessed results if they themselves did but feel the importance of performing boldly and fearlessly their duty as christians with the return of daylight the weather promised to be fair and making sail they again shaped their course for sierra leone as may be supposed even in calm weather they had no very great amount of enjoyment when the sun shone they were almost roasted by its burning rays and when it was obscured they were pretty well parboiled do all they could also they could not keep the cabin clear of cockroaches and numberless other creeping things a meal was anything but an easy or pleasant operation the only chance of not having half a dozen live creatures sticking to each mouthful was to keep not only the dishes but the plates covered up disagreeable as it was murray and adair could not help laughing at each other as at every mouthful they had to pop in their forks under the covers which were instantly clamped down again and what was brought out thoroughly examined before it was committed to the mouth while as adair remarked the soup was more properly beetle broth than anything else the schooner rejoiced in the name of the venus though as the midshipmen agreed she was the very ugliest venus they had ever seen she had besides tobacco a quantity of monkey skins on board they were sitting at dinner one day for the sun was too hot to keep on deck and they had no awning i say murray is there not a somewhat disagreeable odour coming from out from forward observed adair sniffing about tobaccoish i find it rather answered murray laughing i have perceived it for some days it is enough to cure the most determined smoker of his love for the precious weed it is from the tobacco we have on board after being thoroughly wetted it is now taken to heating however we may hope for the best at present it is bearable 
a bright idea struck them soon after this they might turn the monkey skins to advantage they had needles and a good supply of twine so that they set to work and neatly sewed them together till they had manufactured an awning sufficiently large to cover a good part of the deck they could now take their meals and sleep occasionally when the weather was fair in fresh air which was a great luxury at length wasser who had the lookout one morning shouted land 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 on the starboard bow everybody in a moment jumped up after examination wasser declared his conviction that it was somewhere off the gold coast not far from cape coast castle still murray and adair agreed that it would be far better to stand on because if they could manage to weather cape palmas they might have a quick run to sierra leone the schooner was soon afterwards put about no one complained though they might have cast a wistful eye at the harbour they were leaving astern we are doing what is right depend upon it observed murray if so all will turn up right in the end the provisions had they knew been running short they now carefully examined into their stock when to their dismay they found that they had only a supply remaining for three or four days never mind was murray's remark we will go on half allowance in three or four days at most we shall weather the cape and then we shall have sufficient provisions to keep us alive till we get in no one even thought of complaining of this arrangement but took with thankfulness their half-allowance of food murray was much pleased with the way the men bore their privations he never thought about himself and took less than any one i remember hearing an account given by some friends of ours of the behaviour of their servants during a famine in england many years ago observed murray corn was very scarce and bread being consequently at an enormous price they determined to put their household on an allowance and to allow so many slices to each servant in the day giving them rice and other things instead not stinting them therefore in their food this excessively enraged the pampered menials and their old butler who was the most indignant ate so much meat and puddings of all sorts and drank so much beer that he actually brought on a surfeit and died from it how angry most of the fellows at school would have been if i told that they could not have butter or sugar in their tea never mind if the butter was not to be procured and the sugar had by chance not come from the grocers how differently do these poor seamen and the ignorant blacks behave not a grumble is heard not a look even of annoyance is seen day after day they stood on thinking that they must sight camp palmas before many hours had passed and then after making the land they found that they could not be many miles farther to the west than they were before still we might do it if we could but get a stiffish breeze observed murray i think the wind is drawing out more from the northwest and east what say you paddy 
let's keep at it to the last moment i'm ready for what you are answered adair the schooner was once more put about with her head to the westward everybody whistled as they walked the deck even the blacks did so though they did not know the reason why the breeze did not come a bit the faster on that account however at night it blew pretty strong off the land and their hopes again revived but as the sun rose it backed once more into the old quarter and once more they had to tack on making the land there were the identical hillocks and clumps of trees they had before seen murray and adair agreed that there must be all the time a strong current setting them to the eastward and this on running in closer heaving to and trying the bottom with the lead they found to be the case provision for two days in less than half an allowance was all they had now got murray and adair consulted together we shall have to make for the nearest port i fear after all or run the chance of starving said adair there is no alternative answered murray with a sigh we have done our best that we have replied adair quickly there is no doubt about that you have that is to say i should have given up long ago the sooner we shape a course for cape coast castle the better the schooner was kept away to retrace her steps to the eastward but now the wind fell altogether and they began to fear that after all they should get nowhere the little food they had left was very bad gradually it disappeared and at length they literally had nothing eatable on board we must take a reef in our waistbands and suck our thumbs said paddy i see no other remedy for it he said this in the hearing of the men to encourage them as much as he could we cannot be far off cape coast castle that is one comfort added murray we will keep a sharp lookout for it at all events the day passed and so did the next and still the calm continued they searched about in every part of the vessel in the hopes of discovering a store of farina or rice but nothing could they find but the rotting tobacco and the monkey skins and starving as they were they could not manage to eat them even when reduced to this extremity the young officers themselves did not despond nor did their men who looked to them for example do so either murray calculated that if they could get a breeze they might reach the port of which they were steering in less than twenty-four hours it was very tantalizing to be so near it and yet not to be able to get there had they had any fish-hooks they would they thought be able to catch some fish but none were to be found nor had they a file with which to manufacture any out of old nails as they had often heard of being done necessity is the mother of invention exclaimed adair suddenly there is a piece of tin i have some scissors in my dressing-case and i think i could manage to cut out a hook or two before they are quite blunted let's try at all events the scissors were produced when to their great delight a file for finger-nails was discovered at the back of the blades 
not only were two tin hooks cut out but three more were manufactured out of the same nails before the files were rendered completely useless bait was the next thing to be procured as there was nothing eatable on board how was it to be got that was the question adair solved it by trying one of his hooks without any hurrah he exclaimed in less than five minutes i have a bite hurrah up came the curious-looking monster in the shape of a fish it was a question whether or not it was poisonous a fire was made and a pot put on to boil into which the creature part of it being cut off for bait was immediately propped they would rather have caught a young shark with whose character they were acquainted but starving men are not particular before the pot had begun to boil a fresh breeze came in from the offing and away flew the little schooner with more liveliness than she had displayed for many a day the lines were hauled in murray and adair agreed not to touch the strange fish they also advised the men not to eat of it the sun went down and all night they ran on at a fair rate the next morning land was in sight they hoped that it might be near their destination adair had just relieved murray who had turned in to go to sleep he observed the black man looking very miserable and presently the black boy complained of being very ill what have you been about sambo asked adair looking into the caboose oh massa massa me eat fish groaned the poor lad it ought to have been thrown overboard to have removed temptation out of your way observed adair taking the pot with the intention of suiting the action to the word but on lifting the lid he found it empty the negroes had eaten up every particle of the fish they groaned and rolled about for some time evidently in some pain and in considerable alarm it was no wonder they were ill but it was evident also that the fish could not have been of a very poisonous character or they would have been much worse indeed they speedily forgot all their sicknesses on hearing wasser exclaim dare dare those hills above cape coast castle the words indeed had a great effect on all on board murray who had been there before the instant he came on deck pronounced wasser to be right and in a short time the schooner was running in towards a collection of conical and wooded heights with the strong and formidable-looking fortress of cape coast built on a mass of rock in front of them with the sea washing round a considerable part of it it looked a very large fortification indeed it covered several acres of ground mounts to upward of a hundred guns and is kept in the most efficient condition the old castle stands in about the centre of the fortress and is four stories in height the governor and his suite as do most of the public officers find ample accommodation within its walls it is garrisoned by black soldiers chiefly from the west indies but their officers are all englishmen 
as soon as the schooner's anchors were let go murray and adair hurried on shore to report themselves to the governor and to obtain his assistance the moment he heard of the state of the schooner's crew he sent off provisions insisting on the midshipmen remaining to dine with him that they might relate their adventures but you young gentlemen are probably hungry and would rather not wait for dinner observed the governor slightly so answered adair seeing that nothing has passed our lips for the last two days we were in a hurry to get food for our people so had no time to eat before calling on your excellency the remark in a very few minutes procured the midshipmen an ample luncheon to which they did full justice and would very likely have done more than justice had not the good-natured governor stopped them and hinted that they would spoil their appetites for dinner no fear of that sir answered adair laughing midshipmen make it a rule always to be ready to eat two dinners if called upon to do so in a way of duty however i dare say we can hold on now till dinner-time murray and adair had no intention of spending the interval in idleness though they would have gladly gone to sleep or taken a bath they again hurried on board their craft to ascertain that the provisions had arrived and that their men were made comfortable needham had done all that they could wish and was very proud of being left in charge of the schooner while they were on shore the first thing to be done was to refit their vessel before she would be in a fit state again to put to sea and to effect this they would without delay took the necessary steps to procure rope and other stores on returning to the port the governor received them with the greatest kindness and hospitality and as they sat in the cool dining-room in the castle they agreed that it was a perfect paradise compared with their stuffy little cabin when the noonday sun was striking down on the deck all things are by comparison observed adair sententiously some people now at home would not think this old fort on the african coast much of a paradise several guests merchants and others were present and they had to recount their adventures to all the party on returning on board having moored the vessel in a safe position they turned in and slept as midshipmen thoroughly worn out with anxiety and fatigue with good consciences and a comfortable dinner inside them can sleep the next morning all hands set to work with the will to refit the schooner by heaving her down they got at what they believed to be the chief leak and caulked it and in four days they considered their craft once more ready for sea the governor supplied them with provisions for forty days and very kindly sent them some extra luxuries for themselves by the governor's advice they took one entire day's rest for themselves and their crew 
then in high spirits and anticipating no further difficulties they once more put to sea they had arms and powder and a six-pounder gun which had belonged to the schooner and as compared to their previous condition they felt themselves in a condition to encounter any gale of wind or any enemies they were likely to meet with when they went to pay their farewell respects to the governor he said that the state of their little vessel had been reported to him and that he would really advise them to give up the attempt to take her to sierra leone and to wait till a man-of-war should call off the castle to receive them on board murray's answer may be supposed though he thanked the governor for his advice the day was remarkably sultry and close there was a haze but not sufficient to obscure altogether the sun's beams while the only wind which blew came off the hot sands in the interior they agreed that they would be better off at sea than roasting on shore and so getting on board they hoved up the anchor and made all sail to the westward patty said murray as they were walking the deck after dinner almost gasping for breath i don't quite like the look of the weather what do you think of it that we should stand by to shorten sail at a moment's notice answered adair see that white line of foam curling away over the glassy surface of the water out there here it comes i see it all hands shorten sail shouted murray as he and adair ran to help execute the order they were but just in time when the tornado came thundering down upon them the main and peak halyards were let go and the mainsail was handed while the topsail and jib sheets were let fly and round spun the vessel almost capsizing as she did so for the foresail was not yet brailed up it was hard work to brail it up fluttering as it was in the gale but at length away she flew before the gale some people have an idea that the climate on the coast of africa is all sunshine and heat hot enough it is but at the same time the sky is often dark lowering and gloomy in the extreme nothing can have a more depressing effect than the atmosphere at such times on all not thoroughly acclimated to it everything was made snug on board but for three entire days they could scarcely show a stitch of sail while the little vessel tumbled about so much that it was with difficulty they could light a fire for a short time in the caboose they got some salt beef boiled and then a sea came in and put the fire out and though they tried hard they could not light it again however the beef was pretty well done and lasted them some days murray and adair passed the time as they best could they had but a small supply of books the cabin was so close and hot and on the deck the wind blew so hard that it was somewhat difficult undertaking to attempt to read they did not manage therefore to add much to their stock of knowledge during the period of the gale the vessel however happily held together and at the end of three days the weather gave signs of moderating that's a comfort exclaimed adair as once more they were able to make sail and the schooner 
with everything she could carry was put on her proper course it will be hard if we do not reach sierra leone before long now they however on taking an observation found that they were much farther from their destination than they were when at cape coast castle at it again they went however but the wind fell and for several days they made but very little progress still they were going in the way they wanted and that was something for about a week they stood on thus with the wind not only light but very scant one afternoon wasser's sharp eye discovered a sail to windward murray went aloft with his glass to have a look at her what do you make of her asked adair a brig or a brigantine a two-masted vessel of some sort answered murray she is standing this way i do not altogether like her looks she has a wide spread of white canvas and so if she is not a man of war she is a slaver of that i have little doubt the crew heard what was said murray remained some time longer aloft when he came down he looked grave and determined my lads he exclaimed after exchanging a few words with adair i have very little doubt that the craft in sight is a slaver or pirate and that at all events she will treat us with scant ceremony we must beat her off i know that you all will do your best to do so that we will sir never fear answered needham in the name of the rest i know that my men there's no time to be lost in getting ready though said murray hand up the arms and we'll try to give the fellows whoever they may be a warm reception if they attempt to molest us all hands were instantly employed in getting ready for the enemy the gun was loaded and several shot placed in a rack near it the muskets and pistols were also loaded and cutlasses were buckled on they had no boarding nettings and their only hope of victory was by showing so bold a front at first that the enemy might be driven off without coming to close quarters as the stranger drew near she was seen to be a most wicked rakish-looking brigantine and neither murray nor adair had any longer the slightest doubt in their minds that she was a slaver they hoisted the english ensign but she showed no colours in return we shall have to fight for it observed murray to adair but though the odds are fearfully against us i have a strange feeling of satisfaction in contemplating such a contest i cannot help trusting that we shall come off victorious in spite of the apparent strength of our enemy i am sure i hope so said adair who did not quite understand the thoughts which were pressing through his messmate's head we will fight away as long as we have hands to fight with and an ounce of gunpowder for our muskets it was a craft like that brigandine out there captured poor hanbury and murdered him and his boat crew i only wish that we had a few more guns and men and if that is the very pirate we may avenge his death no no do not talk of vengeance adair said murray gravely vengeance does not belong to man 
it would be our duty if we had the power to take the miscreants and to bring them to justice as it is i trust that though with infinitely inferior force we may beat them off but we must not as christians allow ourselves for a moment to indulge in the idea that we are avenging the death or the wrongs of even the dearest of our relations or friends i had not seen the matter in that light answered adair then my dear fellow try and do so it is the true light depend on that who would have supposed when looking at the two vessels that those on board the little half-crippled schooner could for a moment have contemplated with confidence a conflict with the well-founded powerful brigantine but there was just this difference the midshipmen felt that they were to the very best of their means performing their duty and they felt a perfect confidence in heaven's protecting power while they knew that the slaver was engaged in the most nefarious of callings and that the most abandoned miscreants composed her crew on she came as though triumphing in her strength hitherto the little wind blowing had been to the northward and east as adair was looking out to the northward he observed a dark blue line coming rapidly along over the water he pointed it out to murray trim sails was the order promptly given in another minute the little schooner close hauled with her sails like boards was standing away to the westward while the brigantine lay dead to the leeward at the distance of at least two miles and a half some minutes passed even before she felt the breeze and when she did it it was pretty evident that it would take her many a weary hour to catch up the schooner the midshipmen agreed that with the opportunity thus afforded them of getting away from the slaver it would be the height of rashness to wait and encounter her they felt grateful for having been thus preserved and when the brigantine was seen to fill and keep away on her course they could not help joining their men in giving vent to their feelings in a shout of joy they stood on all night eagerly the next morning they looked out not a sign of the brigantine was to be seen for several days after this they were knocking about making often very little way and sometimes drifting back again during a calm double the distance they had made good during the last breeze i do hope sir as how this voyage won't last much longer observed needham to adair pointing to the numberless rents and torn places in the sails i don't think this here canvas would stand another stiffish gale without flying into ribbons i've been hunting about and i've found a spare boat sail and some other stuff to mend them to my mind it's the best thing we could do before another squall catches us needham's advice was immediately taken and the wind being very light the sails were lowered and all hands set to work to mend them in the best fashion they could needham having once belonged to the sailmaker's crew was a very fair hand at the work but the rest were anything but expert however all used their needles to the best of their abilities 
adair pricked his fingers very often and as he observed he left indisputable traces of his industry so important was it to get their sails set again before night that they scarcely allowed themselves time for their meals having done little else than drift about all day it was with no little relief to their minds that just as the sun went down they once more got the sails bent and hoisted murray's sextant had been broken and as he was leaving the archer a shipmate offered him his quadrant it was a very indifferent one at best and in one of the gales to which the venus had been subject it had received yet further damage so that it was often ten or even twenty miles out of adjustment murray and adair never lost an opportunity of taking an observation while they kept their reckoning with the greatest care but after all they often could only guess at their position the weather too was very uncertain day after day came torrents of rain not merely english spring showers but as adair observed regular bucketsful which compelled them to open the ports to let the water run off the decks for fear of swamping the vessel no people could behave better than did their little crew murray allowed no one to be idle they were employed either in cleaning their arms mending their clothes repairing the rigging and when the sea was sufficiently calm in fishing needham kept up his own spirits as did his best to keep up that of his messmates however there were to be again severely tired one evening early in october scud was seen flying rapidly across the sky while thick masses of cloud banked up densely in the horizon it was adair's first watch murray had been about to turn in he cast his eyes around depend on it adair we are going to have a heavy blow a regular tornado will be down on us before long and the sooner we make everything snug the better adair doubted whether there would be anything more than a squall just then the sails flapped ominously and there was a perfect calm the flame of a candle brought on deck would have ascended straight upwards adair i tell you it will be down on us in a few minutes and with terrific force too exclaimed murray all hands shorten sail not a moment was to be lost needham and the rest saw that with the exception of the forestay sail every sail was lowered and carefully stowed the topmasts were struck and everything on deck was lashed and secured all the time a dead calm continued the atmosphere was dreadfully close so that even on deck at times it seemed difficult to breathe while all around became darker and darker suddenly a sound like heavy thunder was heard in the distance it is the beginning of the strife the first gun fired in action look there what do you say to that he pointed to a bank of foam which was seen rolling up through the dense gloom towards the devoted little vessel why i suspect that we shall find ourselves in the midst of a sea which will pretty nearly swamp us answered adair 
on it came rolling and leaping as if eager to destroy the little craft no sooner did her head feel the force of the gale than off like a seabird on the wing she flew before it the forestay sail was now stowed for from the fury of the tornado it would either have been torn out of the bolt rope or run the vessel under water on flew the little craft the sea every instant getting up and the wind freshening hold on all of you hold on for your lives sang out murray with startling energy the caution was not ill-timed on came a monster sea roaring astern high above her quarters it rose and down it rushed on her decks well-nigh swamping her all the hatches had before been secured but had not the ports been open so as to allow the water immediately to run out it would have swamped her the half-drowned crew shook themselves as they once more emerged from the weight of the water above them happily none were washed away End of chapter 18